All right. Welcome to the Bootstrap Experience podcast, where this is the last time me and Bjorn will talk each week about what's going on with our SaaS businesses. So it's been going on, Bjorn. Yeah, not much. And I guess that's the main reason for sort of saying, oh man, we should maybe take a break or at least... I've really enjoyed these calls that we've had and you know, doing the podcast and everything. But every time it's sort of coming up, I'm like, shit, what am I going to talk about? And I feel kind of like we've talked about most things, right? So I, we've just talked about maybe keep doing them every now and then when we have something we feel, hey, this would be cool to talk about. And the problem also doing like a public podcast is that you, you can't talk about everything, right? right? For example, for a long time, you couldn't talk about uh, selling the original app. And I don't really want to talk about the new app that I'm releasing until I've released it because of, I don't know, I think the app store space, you've got to sort of keep your cards a bit closer to yourself these days. So it kind of feels like not genuine, you know, doing a lot of talking about stuff. But a lot of the interesting stuff that we've been doing is, you know, on the side sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes we have longer conversations before or after the podcast about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it feels kind of wrong. So right. I guess, yeah, for now it may make sense to sort of do it. And I mean, keeping the website and the hosting and everything up is cheap. So that's no problem. And then we just uh, pay for the editing when when they come up, right? So Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, cool. All right. So sorry for the bad news, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun as well. So so I've enjoyed it. But um, I think you got to focus on what makes sense and, and not to sit here feeling like uh, you've got nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Sales. So Sales, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I avoided... I think is typical developer attitude. I've avoided getting on the phone with customers forever. And now I've just fully embraced it. I'm getting on the phone with everyone as much as possible. And uh, it's been awesome. It's not even just sales, just like, you know, I'm happy to talk to, even if they have no intention of using Translate CI, but they have a Shopify app, they've thought about translating or they haven't, you know, just sort of learning everything I can about what app developers might want around translation has been super helpful. Yeah. I guess you could almost like market research in a sense, right? Like what is, what are the pain points and yeah, speaking to lots of different, it's like whenever you're launching a new product, right? It makes sense to talk to customers to work out, okay, what are they thinking about? Have I built something that they want or what am I missing? So it's useful even from a product perspective. Yeah. And like, it honestly helps with the whole process. Cause I, I was thinking about this, like I use tools built by like solo devs and things like that. And it's like, if I don't know who it is or whatever, and I get, you know, say like a 500 error after I log in or whatever, I'm gone. I'm just looking for the delete account button. Yeah. You know, if I know who they are, maybe I'll send a support email. But like if I've talked to them on the phone and I have a relationship with them, I'm willing to forgive a lot. And so as sort of a, I would say Translate CI is pretty far beyond an MVP, but people have weird setups, things like that. Things don't always go 100%. Right. Yeah. And so it's nice that they know me, we have a relationship and that kind of smooths the whole process. Yeah. And I think for them, it's nice to know, yeah, exactly like you're saying, you've spoken on the phone, you know who's behind it, what the intention is, and that you can sort of help shape the product if you feel, hey, this could be better if I do it this way or that way or whatever, right? For sure, yeah. So, you know, I'm up to around 20 customers. My goal is to get to 50 by the end of the year. And, uh, nice. Crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's quite a bit of a growth, isn't it? Like since last time we talked about that. Yeah, it is. You feel um, it's accelerating at the moment, isn't it? It is. And I think a lot of that is Shopify's new app listings, you know, listing the supported languages on them. They dropped the support requirement. Yeah. So I think people are more eager to translate the listings. Plus, I've had some interest since I released the theme support. So theme developers right. now can use Translate CI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like to be known as the the developer that helps developers create or like get their translations done easily. Yeah. And the fact that it hooks up to your GitHub and everything else is is nice, right? It feels like a nice solution that developers will understand how it works and all that type of thing, right? It's nice instead of just being a black box. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I think last time we talked, I was kind of like, okay, well, in the next six or eight weeks, I'm going to know whether this is going to work or not. Like, I feel like I know it's going to work. So yeah, it's like a positive note to uh, end things on too. Is like, uh, no, I'm feeling like really generally good about Translacy. I, I think um, got a lot of work to do, but it's getting yeah, better. yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess it's sort of validating all the work that you've put into it and all the time and effort and and you never quite know when you're putting a new product out there, right? Like, yeah. is this actually something people want? Can I build a business on it? Is more the question, I guess. Yeah, and you know, there's 800 books out there, and podcasts, and videos, and everything else that tell you you need to validate first. And you know, what? I never do that because I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so I just built this thing in secret for eight months or whatever. And uh, the, the thing you're absolutely not supposed to do. And then uh, yeah, now I'm paying for it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm the same, right? I guess. Yeah, some of the markets I've got into have been validated before, but some of them, you know, like Audible emails wasn't. You know, there's nothing similar around that does exactly what it does. Some of the other email apps maybe give you templates and stuff, but going like the theme route was kind of new. I didn't know if that would. And I'm the same as you. I, you know, I build it first and then find out if people want it. But uh, I think that if you know your audience well enough, you can kind of yeah integrate a lot of it. Yeah, I think on the first app, I was more cautious, like okay, which of these ideas makes sense? But then, yeah, like you say, I've got to know the audience and the customer base and everything else, and then you sort of can see the opportunities. But I guess it was funny, I was looking at it the other day, and uh, what like the overall, the revenue that each of the apps have kicked over and everything. And I guess it's worked out pretty well. There's only one of them that I've got. It's about $50,000 away from rounding a million as well. Wow. So all, all four of my apps are about to, or at least three have, and then the fourth one's about to round over a million dollars, which is pretty mind blowing from my side anyway. Never thought it would turn out that way. Yeah, um, insane. That's but awesome. <laughs> but I think my point was, you know, maybe I should trust my gut and not think about oh, I should do things by the book or whatever. Try to do it my way. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said. Sometimes I guess when I'm feeling like unsure of things, I kind of get bogged down sometimes with you know resources uh, you know i'll read more books listen to more podcasts whatever and like those things can be helpful but i think at a certain point we've both been doing this reasonably well for a pretty long time you, like, at a certain point you do just kind of need to trust your gut and, and try some stuff yeah exactly and i think that's what makes it fun as well right you, you take a bet and you go right i believe that this will become something let's give it a go you know we're building a new app at the moment and uh, it's probably the one that we've like spent the longest building because now it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to do a new one, I better make it good, right? <laughs> Whereas yeah. before, I, was just, I just need to make it. If I can get some paying customers here, I'm going to be really happy. Whereas this one, it, it feels like there's a market for it and, and all that. And I think because we're at a different size now, you sort of put more effort into it or feel it needs to be more polished in a sense. Yeah, well, I imagine you've got such a sort of a built-in base with your other apps that you'll probably get a lot of installs really fast with it. And so you want it to be a good experience for them. Exactly, yeah. I think that's you know a big part of it is is being able to say to our existing customers that hey you've enjoyed our existing apps and and you you expect a certain bar of quality right I want to yeah at least provide that and I think this is definitely the most well polished and nicest experience that we've been able to create so far anyway so it's also probably the biggest app with the most different sections 
or like, yeah, the most moving parts that we've built. I look forward to doing another episode in the future where we talk about it openly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, also like, you know, before you could launch and not support, you know, multiple languages for the end customers. Whereas now with Shopify markets and all these type of things, you kind of do have to support those things in your app if you want to be supporting a lot of stores, right? Right. So yeah, anyway, it becomes more complicated as we go. <laughs> That's cool though. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like I've been doing a bunch of research for like some marketing materials and um, I don't know how much you can trust like these sort of third-party traffic estimators like SimilarWeb and things like that. I mean, I know they have like a good reputation. I'm sure it's probably reasonably close, but it's crazy. Like I'm seeing like only like 50% of the App Store traffic is coming from countries where English is like the main language. Yeah, and wow. So it seems like Shopify is just really growing internationally. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think they've put a lot more effort into it, right? Before, it was kind of difficult in a lot of countries because they didn't maybe live up to the requirements of that country. I know there were some tax issues like for years and years and years where a lot of European countries or certain countries anyway, they just you know had to have theme customizations and all these type of things to make something like basic work, right? So then people just would choose a different platform, I'd imagine. Whereas now they've got a lot of that sorted out so they can expand into more markets much more easily. Interesting. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But we also see like a big part of our user base coming in from all over now and, and you know, how do we translate? How do we do this? And I think that's been one of our strengths for a long time is sort of focusing on those people early as well or on those different things that international stores may need. So a lot of our, on the app store listing, for example, we sort of highlight a lot that, hey, this is built for a global stores, right? We've thought about these different things that, you know, not everybody has the same tax settings, not everybody has the same requirements and all this type of thing. So yeah, that, that's been like one of our strengths, I think, which is good now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so super important. And that's something I struggle with a little bit is that I can help with the translations, but that doesn't cover 100% of the localization stuff. You do have to think yeah. about what do your yeah. Brazilian customers, or your French customers, what do they actually need being in those countries? And, you know, some apps, it doesn't really matter. Some apps, it's very important. And you do have to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even just like currency formatting and all this type of stuff, right? And if you're producing anything towards a customer, an end customer, you need to be aware of different address formats, for example. Right. So we've got like six different ways of showing an address based on which part of the world you come from, whether the postcode's before the city name or, and right. these type of things. And even in like Japan, in the greeting, you say, hello, surname, first name, instead of oh, hello, first name, surname. Yeah, it, it just adds so much complexity, but yeah, I think yeah. it, it's good fun. That's cool. Yeah, I should have been this last sort of weeks doing translations for my App Store listings and this, but we're putting that off because of the new, the new App Store listings that Shopify putting out, right? So waiting until those are rolled out and then doing the translations. But yeah, yeah, so I've been focusing on these uh, these new app store listings the, the last uh, week. I really like the new, uh, how would you say? Like they do do's and don'ts on all the sections and stuff. And they feel, if they make sense. I like the the character lengths of like the intro and the, the description. They make a lot more sense. Instead of having like a really short tagline where you have to keyword stuff it, here you get 100 characters where you can you can make proper sentences and still include your keywords and everything like that. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, but it'd be interesting like to play around with it once it actually is launched to see how the algorithm sort of behaves, right? How can we tweak it? For sure. That'll be an interesting opportunity, though, is because the people that really dive in and figure that out fast might be able to give their app a chance to rise up a bit in the rankings. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be like an arms race uh, yeah. for the first little while. Right. <laughs> yeah, I put some... But 
they want us to have them finished by November 1st, but that's not saying that they will release it on November 1st, I don't think. Oh, I thought they released November 1st. I've been telling people that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe they will, but I don't think they just say we want okay. you, we recommend having your updates in by this time. Gotcha. Are they going to like yeah. suspend listings you think that don't uh, update? Or? I'm not sure. Maybe they'll just like, yeah, they had something there. It was, it was see, I think they were at least to demote them. Okay. I think was what I read. So if you don't bother to update, you'll be way down in the results yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Which I think I, makes sense. Yeah. I would definitely encourage anyone with a newer app, you know, that's maybe wants to rank better for keywords, like get in there and inspect everything, check everything out. I mean, that was how my Shopify app grew. And well, I mean, really for most of it, it was all app store optimization. Yeah. It's amazing how much impact it can really have, right? And I find like search optimization is better. Yeah. Traffic-wise, then categories. But now they're redoing the categories as well, right? So maybe people will be able to find what they're looking for again by browsing. Yeah, I never had like any installs from browsing, but uh, yeah, search. search no, yeah, exactly. I remember on the last episode we saw, I took a quick look, and it was surprisingly low compared to what we're otherwise doing. It's like an eighth or something like that. So yeah, search. It'll be keyword. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I wonder, like, uh, has anyone come up with a list of Shopify app keywords? I, I kind of remember, like, Daniel Sim maybe doing something like this, where he sort of ranked Shopify keywords by traffic and sort of had a big list. And I oh wow, know, yeah, is there? Yeah, I think that was that paid tool he had, but I don't, I don't think that's around anymore. I don't know. It would be interesting to see, especially with the new App Store listing come out. That might be a good opportunity for someone to, yeah, sort of try to put that together. Just wondering how, how would he know? I guess. If he crawls to see the density of keywords in different listings, he could do that. But knowing the traffic for each keyword would be difficult, right? Unless he's using our data. Yeah. I remember like, you used to be able to get kind of like a ranking of keywords, but not the traffic associated with them. But like as an right. example, okay. yeah. so I, had, I had an A-B testing app and I was able to figure out, this is like one of my early optimizations that everyone's searching for A slash B, not just A-B. and. Right. So you yeah. To fit with that. Yeah. 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 And where you sort of turn up in those different rankings, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like those kind of small optimizations can actually have, you know, just changing, adding a slash or whatever. We also saw that uh, people were searching for a particular two word key, like it was two words, but they'd forget the space. So usually it would be two words, but they were putting it as one word. So by adding ad bids on that, the incorrect way of typing it, we would be able to pick up more traffic that way. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's funny how you find it. Yeah, man. I guess you could get a decent amount of that info from the ad tools now, huh? Yeah, I think so. At least you can see like what the impressions are for different keywords. But that may be like if you're getting lots of impressions, maybe you're bidding high or you can sort of see which, which keywords matter right. based on the amount of impressions you're seeing. Well, I'll tell you where it gets weird too. And this is something I've been trying to figure out and maybe, maybe I need to do something around this is when you change the app store language, uh, the autocompletes change as well and the keywords. So ah. yeah, that's like a weird thing I'm trying to figure out is like, um, is it better to translate your actual app name or not? I guess it probably depends on how strong your brand is. But uh, yeah. I'm thinking though, most apps still don't translate their app name, but it might be a way to get ahead in the rankings in those foreign app stores. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I guess depending on how long your app name is, some apps do include like some type of keyword in there. And that part may be worth 
doing the translation on, right? So you still call it the base name and then you have something else. But I didn't yeah. realize that you could actually uh, yeah, translate the name. But I guess that makes sense. It's on the App Store listing. Yeah, yeah, you can do everything. Yeah, right. Hmm, interesting. Oh, no, the ads are shown on all language versions, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but they are. Oh, wait, no, are they? That's a good question because as far as I understood, they don't show them on mobile and they don't show the ads on other languages, but maybe they do. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to have a look. Yeah, It's maybe worth, worth playing around with, right? Because sure. if you can bid on certain keywords, but you can't choose like, hey, I want this to bid on this language version, this keyword. Can you target geographically? No, maybe. Oh, nothing. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's only yeah. the keyword you've got Interesting. and negative keywords. Right. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you can still target the foreign keyword. Yeah, and that's what we do already. But okay. then they've got to be on the English version of the site, I'd imagine. Otherwise, gotcha. just okay. ads aren't shown at all. Right. Is my understanding. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah. I have to look into it. <laughs> well, this is a good point, though. This is the stuff that everyone should be doing when they're trying to figure out how to get the most out of the app store. Like, really figure out how it works. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, should spend more time on it, really, because it sometimes it's more fun to build product, but uh, yeah. you know, sometimes it's it's more uh, revenue productive to to focus on all that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought that part was really fun. Like just figuring out how to sort of rise in the uh, search rankings and things like that for the keywords I wanted. Like I thought that was a cool, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a game. Yeah. I just find it frustrating because it means I have to do things like or change sentences that I think describe the app the best into something that describes it slightly worse, but ranks better, right? Interesting. Um, yeah. So I have a sort of a love hate to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have you been up to? Uh, you build building on the product as well, or or just uh, or not just, but lots of sales calls. I guess keep you busy. Yeah. So my big thing was I am now supporting Shopify themes. So that was um, kind of a big project. But other than that, it's mostly been like stability and sort of improving. So it's kind of funny. Like this is like um, no one structures their app the same way. No two people, even when there's sort of standards, it's never quite right. So like. Yeah. A lot of it is sort of um, building in flexibility for finding the files, you know, translate CI needs to find and things like that, which is actually, it's pretty fun. It's kind of a constant um, game of like, how lax can I make this to find what I need to find without finding too much? And uh, yeah. so it's like, yeah, a, yeah. definitely an interesting technical challenge, this whole app. And, uh, it's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess each language has its own sort of quirks and yeah. different ways you can do the same thing and so forth. Yeah, you know what's been amazing for that though too is um, GitHub Copilot. Yeah, I can basically spin up these like demo apps for Translate CI to digest and make sure it can find the phrases properly with like a couple of comments, and it's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, knowing the the language, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. I find Copilot really helpful. Like, uh, I was just doing something today. I was adding uh, support for a particular Google font to one of our design systems, right? So we choose which fonts are available within the app, also because we have to say which weights are available for that font. So you can only choose the correct weights that actually exist for that font. So 400, 500, mm-hmm. 700, whatever. And before, I'd have to you know, know the name of the Google font and then go look up, okay, this has weights, 100, 200, 300, blah, blah. Now I just type in the name of the font and it works out, ah, you want the weights and it automatically fills out the correct weights for each font. Oh, nice. So if I'm... Yeah, so it knows if it's only available in 400 or something like that. It blows my mind every time. I still double check it to make sure it got it right, but but it, it's getting it right, which is kind of cool. You know what was really weird for me with it was um, 
I was writing some marketing content, but in the um, homepage the other day. And like, I don't know how it did. It like suggested like the perfect sentence in my marketing copy. Wow. Which I don't know where I pulled it from. Yeah. <laughs> it was in some other repo. Exactly. That's the thing, right? You, yeah. Like, hey, am I plagiarizing something here? Yeah. So I did kind of reword it a little bit, but uh, it was funny. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it just kind of like I, yeah. I stopped for a second because I couldn't think of how to word what I was saying. And what I wanted to say just came up. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, one day we'll just be able to talk to it and it'll build it for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it'll never quite work right, yeah. I think. <laughs> anyway, yeah. One of the cool things we've been doing the last little while is building out demo stores for, or we're sort of building, I think, five different brands. We have like our sort of marketing personas, right? But mm-hmm. then also now we wanted to create actual stores for sort of two reasons. One is it's my wife doing it. And one is so she knows Shopify better. And then also can go through the installation process and give feedback on all our existing apps as a relatively new user, right? Or sort of sitting down and going, right, now I'm a small art and crafty style store, you know, as a one person trying to, which apps would I use? How do I set them up best? And all that type of thing. Um, and it's been really useful both for feedback on each of the apps, like, oh, if this word doesn't make sense to me, like, why do you call it apply for like a filtering instead of fetch orders? Because when as soon as you click it, it says fetching orders and all this type of thing. So changing small wording, changing images and, you know, moving things in the navigation and all bunch of small little things, right, that we could improve for somebody coming in and not being so involved with the product every day, right? That's been super useful. And then secondly, we can use it for like marketing material. So now we have, you know, five nice looking stores with products, cool designs, different Shopify themes, the way we can take like screenshots and and present our apps in a much more nice looking way. Like at the moment, I think everything has like these sneakers in all our presentation right. shots and stuff. So it's really cool if, you know, if we've got different brands, if you want to take a, you know, ah, oh, hey, I want to present these email templates in in five different ways, right? So people coming to the app can see, ah, hey, I can see myself somewhere here. But yeah, so that, that's been really good. So she's been uh, creating the demo stores and creating the brands and the color schemes and finding products and all this type of stuff. And then uh, creating sort of feedback for me where I've been going through and doing all the, the fast stuff. And then we sort of uh, build up a catalog for things that'll take a bit longer. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. Like I never even like thought of doing that. It makes so much sense. I used to do these demo calls with just this crappy dev store that had like images from Unsplash of just, I you know, had like a folder full of dog images from Unsplash that were every product image. And yeah, like, yeah so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, time well spent. Yeah. And I, and I think it's great. Like Sarah really enjoys doing all the, the branding and all those type of things. So it's a really good thing for her to be doing because one, she really enjoys it. Two, she learns the apps better and she can look at the apps in a different, if I was setting it up, I wouldn't see the same same feedback, right? So yeah, I would recommend others to do it if they haven't already. Have you ever used any of those, like um, the, I can't think of any of the URLs, but like the um, people testing services where they sort of like, they've got like a pretty wide variety. You could go on there and say like, I want Shopify merchants that will just install my app and talk through it and stuff. Yeah, way back. I remember using something similar, but that was maybe like on my first app and yeah, years ago. But it's a good idea actually to do that. What do you call them? You call them product testers or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'll definitely do that at some point, but I'm doing like the concierge onboarding now. So, you know, too much other stuff to do, but like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. To me. 
Definitely. I, and I guess you're doing it through your sales calls anyway, right? Yeah. So you get a lot of feedback that way. It's pretty, yeah, I'm kind of walking them through it a lot of times on the sales call. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I think also doing these things, it, it sometimes like uh, highlights that particular app's onboarding process just isn't that great, right? One of my apps just drops them on the main dashboard and yeah, away you go. Good luck. You know, like, <laughs> shit, what do I do now? So yeah, it sort of highlights things where a lot of stuff that you see is like, well, yeah, once we roll this app over into our app kit, that's sort of included out of the box, right? So let's do that. Let's focus yeah. on doing that part because then we get everything else for free. So yeah, it gives me more motivation to do it. It's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my, my onboarding's so bad. I, like right now I just have, like it drops one on the dashboard, but there's just a Loom video saying, click here, do this. Like, please yeah. just come with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, just doing a Loom video is like a, a really good start. We've had yeah, good feedback good. on out. Yeah. yeah, I need to do more, but um, it's another thing to maintain as well, though, right? Yeah, no, it's already behind date, so I gotta. It's been on my list to re-record it for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about the idea of recording, you know, lots of walkthroughs, but also doing a uh, a proper, you know, app presentation style video. Did you do that, or I, I remember us talking about it that we hadn't had that good success on it sometimes, but. Uh, yeah, well, do you mean like an explainer video or like a quick? Yeah, kind of. Video? Yeah, like an explainer or an ad, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Like, um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is years ago, but like, um, just the conversions on my app listing went up like thirty percent when I added an explainer video. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was pretty easy. There's like legitimately good people on Fiverr if you stay away from the people charging five dollars. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I might reach out to some of the the partners or the app developers I've seen that have done some really nice videos to see if like or who they used or how the process was or whatever, if there's somebody yeah, they can cool. recommend. That's a really good one. I've been seeing people do like I can't remember, but um like I've been seeing people use like actual like good stock footage, like video yeah. people, but it's like customized with their stuff. Like when they pull out a phone, it's got their thing on it. Like it's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, and that's the style that we'd be going after. I think the old, you know, cartoony explainer videos, I don't think... I think they're a little outdated now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've moved past it. So I think doing some advertising style explainer. And also because I noticed the other day when oh, we were talking about it over the lunch, but on the do's and don'ts for the image section on the App Store listing, now it says do use a video instead of a static image. <laughs> so as the first point. So I'd imagine that that's maybe being taken into consideration either for ranking or just overall sort of, you know, your merchandising score. Do you have like a video? Do you have an image? Or do you have lots of images? Do you have this on, do you have a link to your help site? All these type of things, they all help with your ranking in a sense. So Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of like the explainer videos. Um, I think it's like a cool challenge too, especially for like newer apps, just that like you only have like 150 words to do a decent, like a one minute explainer video. So really get to like concisely sort of summarize your app in a way that makes sense. And that's, that was like really difficult. I remember it took me days and days of just chopping out every word I could possibly chop out till I had something I was happy with. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think that's going to be the hardest part, right? Is creating the script first. The rest sort of validates that script or backs it up in imagery. But yeah, do you, like 150 words, would that be your like for one minute of video or something like that? Yeah, I think that's like the rule of thumb as it takes a person speaking like at a reasonable rate, about a minute to read 150 words. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah. I still like, even if you go for like, you know, more stock footage, customizing like that, like 
there's such good voiceover people on Fiverr. It's crazy. Like there's this whole, I discovered this whole thing. It's like these people that like literally they just record, you know, commercials and whatever all day. They're in a recording studio. And then, you know, when everyone else takes their lunch, they just knock out, you know, 50 of these things that take a minute at a time. And yeah. And so, yeah. And they make, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember I went through like an explainer video service where it was the cartoony style. But they could listen to different uh, different voices first, so they give you like uh, ten different people you could choose between, and then you have like a sample, so you could listen to the voice, and and then you pick the one that you'd like to do the recording for you. I remember um, it was funny, like the one I got to do an explainer video. The voiceover artist was the safety announcement announcer on the uh, airline I used to always fly. And, uh, oh wow! Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this before. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's cool. That's kind of cool yeah. Nice. Nice. So what do you got uh, coming up then? Do you any big plans or more uh, of the same? I'm about to take a week off. I'm pretty excited about that because I haven't Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that in, in way too long. So nothing too exciting. I'm just going to bum around London, check things yeah. out. But, uh, good idea. Yeah, be good. Other than that, yeah, just keep on going. Try to hit yeah, yeah. customers and uh, we'll see. How about you? Yeah. Well, yeah, keeping the wheels on, I guess, is like my main task. Just keep things moving. But yeah, we, we've got uh, school holidays for the kids coming up. They've got a week in uh, like uh, autumn break or whatever coming up uh, shortly. And I really enjoy doing this whole you know cycle design in, in Basecamp, right? It just feels like I know what I'm doing for the next month and I know the month after that that this is kind of what we're looking to, to do. And right. So yeah, it feels the whole thing feels kind of relaxed. And right now I'm focusing on these new App Store listings. And then, you know, if time allows, I'll do more of the feedback we got on the apps and stuff. But mainly, yeah, I think just keeping everything going. <laughs> yeah, and enjoying myself at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah, well, let's leave it there then. Sounds good. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. So thank cool. you all for listening, and uh, thank you, Jack. It's been fun. Yeah, all right. See you guys. Cheers.